good. Monse has been anticipating talking about this book. I know. I've been itching. It's been an itch. I've been having to bite my tongue. Welcome back to Bisexual Influencers Book Club Edition. Our book this month was Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. What did what did we think, ladies? Jumping right in. Just like first impressions. Just like initial first impressions, thoughts. What did you think of me picking it? Well, I feel like this is a book that has been talked about a lot. Like, I've heard a lot of people talking about it. People have told, asked me if I've read it, that sort of thing. Um, but it never felt like a book I would pick up to read on my own. It's not like my, it's not my genre. It's so long. Um, and it felt like it was going to be like heavier, um, like intellectual material stuff for me to like consume that. I didn't feel like I was prepared to consume, but I was wrong about a lot of that. One, I listened to the audiobook, so I think that affected it a little bit as I was like able to some like technical stuff that I think if I would have been reading it physically, stuff about game design, whatever else, I would have gotten a little more held up on. I was like, whatever, I can I can conceptualize it when I have the context that comes, you know, like two minutes later in the audiobook. Um, so that made a difference. But I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And I expected to enjoy it. I just didn't expect um, for it to be as like emotional and as character driven as it was. Yeah. yeah. I completely agree. I had the same thing where I was like, I've always seen a whole bunch of people like read this book, but something told me it was like, I don't know if it's your kind of book. I don't know if you're going to like it. And I think even when reading it, there were parts where I was like, I know why I would have picked something like this up. Um, but I still enjoyed it. And I also think with the audiobook, it helped me a lot, especially with that whole chapter that was purely just the video game. And I don't know why, just having somebody speak that out just made, made it easier for me to visualize somebody playing this game. Um, yeah, so there was a whole bunch of like technical stuff that I didn't get. But I also think I've seen people, and I also thought this, where it was like, this book is going to be completely technical. Like you have to know and like video games to get it. But I honestly think even like, literary nerds like people who are really into like deep profound authors and writers and literature would really enjoy this because there was just so much so yeah but i don't know i ended up really really enjoying it have either of you read anything else as author i have not no okay and neither have i but i was just curious anyway sorry marty sorry for interrupting no, you're good. I absolutely adore this book. Beautiful. Mwah, mwah, mwah. I love video games, though, so I don't know if that was it. Like, the reference, there was, like, three times they had Sims in this book. I, like, giddy. I was giddy every time mm-hmm. it got referenced. Um, I completely agree. I went back and forth between this and the audiobook and then both. Like, when I was driving to, like, go take out the dog that I'm dog-sitting yesterday, I, like, listened to it, and then I got in, and I read it. And I agree, like, a lot of the references, I like, and, like, the coding references and stuff like that, I don't think I would have comprehended as well if I was just, like, reading the words, because I, like, didn't know what they meant. But, like, Shannon said, like, in context, I could understand what they were trying to get at. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is so awesome. All of, like, the video game concepts were, like, so sickening. I'm, like, shocked none of these video game concepts are actual games. You know what I mean? 
or at least not ones that I know about. But yeah, I absolutely adored it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I really this... like that. Sorry, go on. I feel like this is something I maybe would normally pick up just because I tend to have like a herd mentality. And I feel like that's why I picked it because like so many people were hyping it up. So I was just like, why not give it a try? Yeah, that's so fair. Like mm-hmm. I would have read it either way, but I'm really glad we did it as a book club book. Same. Okay, Same. should I hop into the description, which I only have a short one here, but it should work. Go for Do it. Do it. Okay, in this exhilarating novel, two friends, often in love but never lovers, come together as creative partners in the world of video game design, where success brings fame, joy, tragedy, and duplicity, and ultimately a kind of immorality. Immortality. Immortality. <laughs> Go off, King. Stop. Yeah. That's a nice short way of putting it, actually. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. I would so, how I would like give a synopsis of this book. Like that I suppose is yeah, it's hard because it's so much more than that. When I was when I was yeah. looking into it, a lot of it just ended up being like um like more of like an overview because I feel like maybe people found that easier. Um, another thing is like this says the premise is over the three decades the relationship between two friends Sadie Green and Sam Mazar changes as they develop a Japanese themed game that draws critical attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, really good. summed up. Yeah. Um, but I think like through our discussion, I found these um, questions. They are pretty cool. So I feel like we'll be able to sum up the book well. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Beautiful. Let's hop right into it. Let's talk about the significance of the book title. How does the title, which is borrowed from the famous Macbeth speech, relate to the themes of the story as a whole? Macbeth. Macbeth. Do you guys know from that Jesse episode? I'm so sorry. That was like an intrusive thought. Um, yeah. <laughs> episode? No, I'm sorry. I'm not tracking with you, Monse. It's just been uh, a while since I've okay. seen Jesse. Well, Maybe that's on me. I don't know. That's just one thing that has always stuck in my head. I actually read Macbeth this summer. Um, oh, wow. And now I'm yeah. contemplating um, if I really understood it because I don't know how to properly answer this question. Um, I guess well, we're just I- talking about how it was like referenced to how like he thought that that like same like speech or poem was like the same way he felt about video games and he almost wanted to call the company like tomorrow something i you know i didn't what were you gonna say well i was gonna say i didn't really put that together like i've never i there are a lot of like shakespearean and old literature references in this book which was cool I think mm-hmm. that like Macbeth is one of the Shakespeare plays I'm not super familiar with like conceptually there's a lot more like Hamlet, Romeo and Juliet, any of the comedies I'd be much more able to like keep up with. This one Twelfth not night. so much. Um yeah, Twelfth Night baby. Um but I think mm-hmm. that also part of what the title resonated with for me was this idea of like there always being restarts in a game. And like tomorrow always coming yep. no matter what because there's always a restart 
like that sort of vibe which i thought was cool yeah, yeah, and I feel like that vibe was carried throughout, like, the whole book. Like, they all, the three main characters tend to look at life that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did you guys like the setting and the world of video game design? I think I did because it's something I wasn't very familiar with, but also the way it was written and described is kind of easy for me to comprehend as somebody who has never try to understand it not only that but i think the way that i never realized how much storytelling has to go into a video games which obviously almost every single video game is telling a story from start to finish but i never really thought about the fact that like you have to it's almost like brainstorming like a book or something you have to figure out every single little piece that's going to happen not only that but you also have to think of how another person is going to perceive and go through the motions of the story you're trying to tell so I thought it was super interesting to read about. No, I liked it a lot too. I also liked that it was set in the world of like, like in early video game development is when they started. Mm-hmm. And so like a history that I don't fully understand, I didn't need to fully understand to like get where they were coming from. Because like everyone, I would say like most Americans understand like what technology was like pre Silicon Valley boom, that sort of vibe now. But we got to, like, see some of that, like, development as they're developing their games. And also, like, I understand, like, media coverage for video games a little bit. And so it was cool to also sort of get some of the time jumps through. Or not time jumps, but some of the conversations through, like, how things were being covered by, like, media. By in them talking in interviews, them doing, like, press tours, that sort of vibe. Because I think that's something we can understand even though we aren't in the world of video games. Like, yeah. Press, yeah. Publish. I also. Sorry. No, no, no. You go. Okay. I also think they did such a great job making us like care about the characters right away that that being like up against like the other things being talked about, which is like mostly video game design, like you kind of cared about that more too. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Next question. Yep. Why were Sam and Tavy so drawn to the video games as teenagers at the hospital? What do you think it offered them? I think classic escapism. Like we know Sam was going through like a really hard time, like getting better after the accident. Like, and I think the entire, like throughout the entirety of the book, we know about like his issues with like getting better and still dealing with like his disability um so I definitely think for them not only because they were both like we don't really have friends outside of this and they kind of found common ground there but also I think they both or especially Sam needed an escape from what was going on around him yeah I think it like meant different things for both of them but it both like still meant a lot Mm -hmm. yeah and I I definitely think it was like a form of escape Yeah. And I think that part of it is like when they're young and they're together at the hospital, they're like very different people from very different worlds. But when you're playing the game, Mm -hmm. when you're playing Mario together, you're you're always playing as Mario. All your like differences, all your whatever else like don't matter. So it doesn't matter that Sadie's like a richer girl. It doesn't matter that Sam's like a Korean American or a Korean Jewish boy. All that matters is that they like are playing the Mm -hmm. game. That moment when 
Sam helps Sadie figure out how to get to the top of the to get Mario to the top of the pole. It's like, oh, there's it's an equal playing field that we're entering this game on. And it also allowed them because Sam was willing to help Sadie with that sort of thing. It also then put them at the like, oh, we're both doing this together, even though you're playing and then I'm playing. It's like, no, we're playing together, even if. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On um, what do you think made them want to create video games as adults? I feel like they both had the intentions to do it their whole life, you know? Um, it seemed like it was something they were, like, both wanted to do, but didn't know if they'd, like, actually be able to, like, you know, actually succeed in. And then once they, like, kind of got the bug to do it, they just kept going. Yeah. I, yeah. This makes me think of, like, the invisible string theory in the case of Sam, because Sam got into the games by seeing Sadie that one day on the train and that's how he became a part of this but Sadie made solution and she was like working on you know game making and all of her classes so I think it was something that just was always in the cards for them especially because they both had a pull to gaming and playing games even for pleasure so I think it was just something that was bound to happen at some point so I agree with you yeah they were always going to be connected through it I just think it's interesting Mm -hmm. like thinking about like how Sam was struggling in college and not doing game or design or anything like he was doing mathematics if I remember correctly yeah something that just like felt really disconnected but as soon as he played solution and stuff he was like no I want to I can change paths like prioritize whatever happiness Mm -hmm. I suppose to some extent Mm -hmm. um but like I don't think either of them do it without the other Obvious. Well, not obviously, mm-hmm. but I think that's also part of the book is that like they're tied together, and yeah, and not just their careers, but like their ability to succeed was tied together, even if they would be hesitant to acknowledge it to some extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. What were your guys' thoughts on Sam and Sadie's like friendship throughout the years? I feel like it was a really interesting friendship because Sadie, at least to me, I felt like she was putting a lot more of like her feelings on the table. Whereas Sam was like more reserved and like showed the ways he like cared in a different way, which is really evident towards the end. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. This made me think a lot. I saw, I saw some, I'm not taking credit for this because I saw somebody make a TikTok on it, but they were saying how this book is like a mix of, Daisy Jones kind of structure, like going away from the past to now, but also, or I mean, Taylor Jenkins reading on Daisy Jones. Um, And then like, uh, what's Madeline Miller, Song of Achilles kind of writing. But then she said like normal people kind of like character based and character driven. And with this book, I had the same feeling in normal people where I was like, you need, like, you just want to grab these people by the shoulders and be like, speak, just, just speak, just say what's on your mind. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why you're like, I have to get to the end of this book. So I know they're going to eventually say something. Um, so I, I was also like, they both need different things from each other. And it's like, somebody just has to like prod at them and be like, this is what you have to say. Um, 
so yeah i don't know their friendship felt a lot to me like a sally rooney type of thing where it's like you're talking a lot but you're not saying much yeah i agree i literally That's made a really good comparison like made a note like and what i wanted to talk about today was that there's a lot of like dynamics i guess i'm gonna say dynamics at play even though i know that doesn't describe anything but like there's class dynamics there's race dynamics there's gender dynamics there's mm -hmm. um like workplace dynamics there's and friendship whatever else all those things are going on and a lot of it reflected to me what a lot of sally rooney does especially with regards to like class yeah. and um gender dynamics and i think that yeah what was interesting about that is that i never was like sam and sadie need to like i need to like shake their shoulders and get them to say something because i felt like i could see their motivations like throughout the book mm -hmm. I could, like it was frustrating when sadie was really mad with sam about the dove situation about how, knowing that yeah. sam had seen the seen dove's note on the game or whatever before they played like and her never saying anything and just holding it against him but i was like i get why she's doing that like i would do that too it's not petty. she's like frustrated she wants her friend to just admit that he was part of putting her, her in a bad situation and her admitting that vulnerability is also tricky because then she says like but i could have also yeah. been strong enough to not get back with dope all those other things so i just thought it was cool yeah. and when sadie's like dealing with the conflict of sam always getting credit and that sort of thing like it mm -hmm. wasn't sam's fault but sam was the placeholder for like male domination in the field sam was the placeholder for all these things yeah. and she didn't necessarily register that she was putting a lot of blame on Sam when he was actually like, to some extent, doing a good job of being like, no, this is me and Sadie's game or saying like, Sadie, you didn't yeah. want to do this thing. So I stepped up and did it. And then Sadie would be like, mm -hmm. but I took, like, we did the bad, the deal I didn't want. We made Ichigo a boy and I didn't want to, but it's like, they made that decision yeah. for Sam. And then Sam was able to make decisions for Sadie later on as well. So it was just interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i completely agree it is funny when like a lot of the frustration you have because i get exactly like both sides but because it's like you're frustrated because you're like just like talk just like say how you feel but then like if someone was writing a book about you there's probably many a times in our lives that like someone wanted to shake us and be like hey, like, just say it, but you're not going to. And that's part of what yeah. makes it realistic is that, like, restraint. Yeah. Um, so, sorry. Okay, let's talk about Sam's tragic backstory and how do you think it um, impacted his view on the world? I mean, I think he was incredibly jaded after everything that happened to him. And at such a young age. Like, his inability. Yeah, uh -huh. and his inability to, like, say I love you to anyone is just, like, that was really hard. Sad. Yeah. It was really yeah, tough. Yeah, I think the, like. No, go on. I was just going to say, like, I don't know. When his grandfather died. And then he left mm -hmm. everything to his wife. And one thing to Sadie and nothing to Sam. Mm -hmm. That was, like, really tricky. Because I don't think that that was necessarily no. meant as something to, like, be a sticking point on. 
But I think he also, I don't know. I, I know he did it because he knew it would get Sam and Sadie to have to communicate about something. Yeah. But still it was like, uh, he had these like three, four people who he like had and could love and who he knew loved him. He lost two of them. Uh-huh. And then the two he's left with are like, I don't know. His tragic back, like he's, he's, I think arguably like one of the most, he's the most sympathetic character in the book. And for me, he was the person who I could easily be like, I'm frustrated with you, but also I can't get, fault you for not wanting to say I love you for not telling people how you feel like you've been dealing with a lot for not wanting to go get help because it's hard to ask for help because all the people who have helped you in the mm-hmm. past have gotten hurt. Like, I don't know. Or have hurt you. Like, I don't know. When he found out that, like, Sadie was volunteering and was clocking in the hours, that, like, broke my... I don't know. That was really hard. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah. didn't excuse anything that Sam did to Sadie in the future, but it made me think, like, she's being so hard on Sam. And he was not... He, like didn't forgive her but he was a kid you guys are adults you guys are teen like 20 yeah you can't behave the same way that sam did when he was 11 and he stopped talking to you because you were treating him like a charity case i don't know yeah yeah Yeah, i mean even the thing that um sadie's grandmother told her when she would drop sadie off at the hospital she was like i forget the exact quote but she was saying like something like a friendship built on charity isn't a friendship or something like that and it's like she and I get it it's like when you're young it's like she's like but it doesn't mean anything but obviously to Sam it meant something else but it's like she was having these forces telling her like you should tell him you should tell him and then I agree with you where it's like once you're like 20 and like potentially working together it's holding the grudge just doesn't seem like the right response like based on like what happened years ago Mm -hmm. but I also think that's like Marty mentioned this earlier right I think these are it's these tiny aspects of the book that make it realistic because it's like sometimes if I look at myself it's like yeah I could hold a grudge if I wanted to so it's like in a way I get it but when you're kind of reading through it and trying to figure out how the story is going to end it gets very frustrating to read about and also I think with Sam Sam, like, I thought of Sam to this day. I still am just driving or something. Think about Sam. And I feel like a a dagger is in my heart or something. Even Sadie. But we'll get to that at the end. (laughs) I also, with the Donkey Kong machine, too, I feel like since Sam had, like, won that game and, like, she had even said that, like, his high score was, like, ingrained on the screen from, like, how long it had sat there, that that was, like part of like the reason it got gave to Sadie if that makes sense like I don't think he had much to give yeah I don't know not looking at like you said I don't think that was meant to be like a big thing to look into but I feel like by part giving that to Sadie it was like giving a part of Sam too right I like that um beautiful uh marx is a major character of the novel if it weren't for him the video game might never have ever been happened oh my god can i talk (laughs) why do you think people didn't take marx that seriously i think like his position is like doomed to fail i feel like there's a lot of things 
where like you aren't taken as seriously, but you're doing work that people don't realize is like grunt work. And he kind of just always had something since he wasn't the creative or like the artist of it that um, he like wasn't ever going to be taken as seriously, even though he should have, you know, been. Yeah. I think we see that a lot at the end when like Sam has to take on Marx's role and he's like, oh shit, I had no idea Marx was doing so much well i maybe he probably knew he was just like i didn't realize how much effort it took which like i guess when him and sadie are building the game they're like we're doing the bulk of the work here um but yeah at the end we see all the work that he does but um i was gonna mention i think to me marks i would have and i feel like we got a significant amount and i also think this has to do with the structure and the way the book was written because we got everybody's perspective and everybody's Point, or at least all the major characters point of view but something just made me want to know more about Marx and specifically Marx and Sadie's relationship where the tiny bits that we got was like from when they first got together to everything just felt like it was moving so quickly and I guess it's because it was like a secret and they were holding it from Sam so in that time we were just hearing about Sam at that time um so yeah and I also feel like because Marx was like helping with the money he was producing the thing people just kind of like um didn't take him seriously because he kind of just felt like a bank giving them money you know yeah like something that could be replaced someone else could do the same thing as him but that's not true because someone else wouldn't have like cared because behind what he was doing was also like the care he had for sam and then like developed for sadie Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting that this book is described like or that the description Marty read said like two friends often in love but never like it it really felt like like Marx Marx is a protagonist and he's mm-hmm. like a main character, but he has all these like additional things going on or that we hear about like his relationship with Zoe. I was confused at first why we were getting so much of it. And then I was like, no, it's because Marx like matters a lot here. And then obviously Zoe mattered to some yeah. extent in the game because she made all the soundtracks. But there's this. Yeah. I feel like what we got about Marx, I understood. Like I understood his motivations just as well as I did Sam and Sadie's. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Sam describes him as boring. And I think that that's a little bit true. Like he's, he, you can still be like a complex person while being a little bit boring. And he has this like unique history mm-hmm. with his parents and like, I don't know. Yeah, it feels like like boring isn't an insult, and Marx doesn't take it that way. I don't think. Like when yeah. he is the tamer of horses, it's like it becomes a joke. But to Marx, he's like that's a signifier of my value. Like the tamer of horses has value in the text that he's from, because at the end, it's like yep. the the resolution, the good stuff, is the resolution. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Um, what was your guys' like first impression? What I was just trying to say that my computer sounds like it's about to blast off. It's so hot. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Shannon, there was a minute where your face like did not move. Like it was frozen to the same face for like five minutes. I I think it's just me. Oh, Monte, is it for you too? Yeah, no, Shannon is just it's not. It's so me. funny because when I answer the questions, it's hard to see expressions because Shannon is just stuck on one face. 
I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> no, it's okay. It's probably my shit Wi-Fi. Uh, okay. Sadie and Marks, um, what is the impression of, like, your romance? And what did you think of that? I kind of saw it coming ever since, like, like they so foreshadowed it, foreshadowed it with the conversation that um, Marks and Sam had on the patio of, like, hey, I want to ask Sadie out. And he was like, no, you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's another thing. He, like, technically went, like, against Sam's blessing, even though it had been, like, years at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any thoughts on their relationship, guys? I'm trying to let my thoughts... I think I, I, think I liked it. I think that, like, obviously the whole time, like, I mean, I'm maybe not obviously, but for me, you're, like, subliminally rooting for Sam and Sadie to, like, possibly become something. But you can just tell by, like, how closed off they both are that it's not going to happen. And, like, Marx was, like, this good guy. So I feel like if Sadie was going to end up with someone, especially when you're, like, comparing him to Dove, you're like, okay, of course I want her to end up with mm-hmm. Marx. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think for me, um, the thing I, like, for me, if I'm being honest, like, in the middle of it, it was, like, I had the thought, too, where I was, like, oh, it's going to be Sam and Sadie. Like, that's just what would make sense. Then Marks Marx comes into the picture. He has that conversation with Sam. And then throughout the book, it's, like, like you said, we realize the they already have challenges between their relationship, Sam and Sadie. So it's, like, you could see why it wouldn't work. But for me, it wasn't until, honestly, until the complete end where, or not, yeah, I don't even think it was the complete end. It was somewhere towards the beginning of when they started working together again. Where Sam is like, when Sadie says, I love you, and he says, like, like terribly, like, he can't say it back. But he goes, I can't say it because there's no word for the amount of love that I have for Sadie. Where it's like, I understand where it's like, you love somebody so, so, so much where being in a relationship is almost unfathomable for, you know, unknown reasons. And I guess like, you know, reading other romance novels, it's like their reasons are like, oh, we're going to mess up the friendship. Oh, we're going to do this. But it's like, they had this connection that felt so unique where it was like, there's no label, there's no anything you could put on it. And it's truly like, I think if I had to define like platonic soulmates, people who are connected, like so deep within themselves, it would be Sam and Sadie. So that's why I get yeah. why Marx was the choice. But I think even, and I think the reason why that becomes devastating too isn't because Marx is a bad person. It's because of what happens. And then you're like, now Sadie has to deal with all this grief and she's just left with so much to deal with where it's like, they all go through, we, when we hear their thought process, it's like, they're all, these are the things we could have done differently to not be experiencing this pain or this thing that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I, the next question is like kind of leads up to what you were just getting into with how do you think uh, Marx's murder changed everything for Sadie and Sam. And I think it's really interesting because it like changed the whole thing and they stepped up in different ways than I thought. I don't think I like expected Sadie to be the like standoffish, not talk to Sam one. Like I thought she was going to be the one that had to contact the accountant and like do all the work and like, even though, like, she technically, not overcoming more, but overcoming losing a partner and, like, the future uh, father of her child. But yeah. it was interesting to see, like, how their 
dynamic changed because obviously like towards the end, they never come back together until that last part. Yeah. I, don't, I, I was going to say like that. I just think there's like, I think Mark's was like incredibly important to Sam, but that the like nature of a male friendship is just like not to be, um, prioritized by men the way that like female friendships can be prioritized or that romantic relationships can be prioritized because i definitely saw the like soulmates style connection between marks and sam because even if it didn't always like marks deeply cared for sam and cared about how sam Mm -hmm. was feeling and how sam was doing even if um sam wasn't like being good to him in return but i think that they also like Mm -hmm. they both I think Sam brought a lot to that relationship too. Like, and I don't know. I just think like, I agree with Martin, Martin, Marty. Um, I agree with Mark dog when he um, is talking about like the, after what happens, the way that Sam's like really steps up. But I think part of the reason he's able to step up is because I'm in my, in my mind, in my mind's eye, like he was always aware of like, what Marx was doing, but had felt like so betrayed by the Sam or by the Sadie and Marx relationship thing that he was like, I, I don't know that the betrayal, like when he finds out that like really hurt, it didn't feel like very Marx betray Sam like that. And so the fact Sam steps up, he feels betrayed, but also he has this weird level of responsibility for Marx's death because of the fact that they came for him, for Mazer, for like the face of the company and he wasn't able to be there. And Marx's death is also like, I don't know. It, but it like obviously profoundly impacted them both, but it was nice to see those two different changes in how people are grieving. Because some people, when they grieve, mm-hmm. they like they pull up their bootstraps and they get to work and other people can't and like that's okay they're both totally acceptable and it was not cool but it was nice to see that dynamic and the way it played out in this scenario that we had so much background on we know so much about Sadie we know so much about Sam at this point that watching it play out was like we never know how people are going to experience grief yep yeah I had so much frustration that Marks died at the hand of like incels it was like so frustrating um, I mean, I get why they did it because it's like a book and they need to move the plot. Like, I didn't expect there to be a perfect ending, but it was just like annoying. I was like awful people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they and like those people exist in real life. Like that's scary. Yeah. I think reading that whole part, um, for me, that was when I told you guys, I was like, I couldn't sleep. So I was like, I'm just going to finish the book. And it was right when I was at that point when there was like a little less than like three hours in the book or in the audiobook, And I was like, it was like 2am. I got to that part. And I was like, I can't leave the book like this, like with Marx's death being the way that it is. I was like, I have to finish it through. Um, but I agree with you. I think it's just, for obvious reasons, completely devastating. And I see how that things like that add to the literature of the book, you know, um, I can't explain it. I can't explain it. Because I feel like I don't like to 
experience like physical physical like pain when I'm reading a book so I think with this it was like I get it and I get why I added to the story and I get that's part of what made the story so memorable and so emotional and you connect with it and you think about these characters all the time because I think if that if Marx hadn't died or even died in that way the book wouldn't like still strike me as much as it does so you know storytelling wise I get I get what you're saying Marty where it's like it just makes sense that's why the story goes but it's still so frustrating and devastating and I think even as a reader I notice myself going back in the path and I'm like well who can we blame but then you realize it's like yeah sure they like went looking for Sam Sam wasn't there um like Marx is like they didn't pick up the phone Sadie after she's um Sam says he's like she was like pushing me and she was like it should have been you it should have been you but then it's like whose decision was it to make the same sex thing in the game and it's like you go through every single thing that led us here and then you're just to deal with it which it was Sadie that wanted to add it yeah yep Okay. Liam, like when Ant gets our shot. Last question. Oh, I was just gonna say like. Since oh Ant, yeah. No. Like, yeah. they make the decision to shoot Marks because mm-hmm. Ant comes out, and like Ant is not Mazer, and yeah. they should know, and they don't know that. So it's like they were gonna, like, to some like, I don't know. I think like, they were not necessarily gonna be satisfied by killing anyone, but it is. It does get down yeah. to like. If Sadie walks out, they go, oh, and Sadie goes, oh, I made that decision. They shoot her. They shoot Marks. Like, there's no preventative measure. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. So that was exactly. also too. like when Ant walks out and they're like, and then from um, Marx's perspective, it's sort of like they would have killed any like Asian looking guy that came out. But mm-hmm. it's like yeah. they probably would have killed anyone that came out. Because like, yeah, not. Yeah. Yeah. But people like on a mission like that aren't gonna be and he when he ended up like killing himself the shooter it was a little bit more like the goal of this was hurt others and that's all yeah yeah definitely um what did you guys think during their grief um sam decides to make a new game that's like definitely catered towards Sadie um and it like slowly brought them back together what did you think of that in in a unconventional and um unconventional isn't the word I'm looking for but non-consensual way I guess because she didn't know that they were being communicated through the game yeah, but then it gets to the point after she finds out and she's like, I knew, like, she must have known all along that that was Sam. And I sort of agree. Yeah. Like, I could sense, I was like, this is either Sam or it's someone that, like, Sam created in the game. And it was, like, not so obvious. Yeah. Like, even before things started playing out the way that they did, there was all these mm-hmm. connections and stuff to be made. And I think yeah. the, like, Sadie's hurt is that she I don't know she like had this real true in-world connection with Marx and she lost that and she didn't know how to like make a connection with anyone else or she didn't want to and Mm -hmm. Sam reaches out to her through a medium Mm -hmm. that he's like 
I think I'll be able to communicate with her. The fact that it was also like Oregon Trail-ish esque like and inspired was really cool because that goes back to how they met but they're also being like these touches of marks within the game was powerful Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i agree i completely agree with you where i think for the first half of the game it was up until i realized they were typing having a conversation where i was like oh well it's obviously sam also playing along in order to communicate with her but i originally thought i was like this is just the i don't know the word I guess the standard like everybody's playing the same kind of simulation throughout the game and it was like mm-hmm. they're both playing into making this part of the story of the game and I think that's when I started getting emotional because it was like you see all these little bits and pieces like you said the Oregon Trail like all these little things coming together making the story and then it's like when the game is like called friendship and I was just torn apart at that and it's like that's when I go back to like the fact that or even when we hear like sam was like i would drive past her house every night after work see like even just be outside just felt like enough and that's when you could tell like the love that they had for each other even that i believe like what you were saying um before shannon where it's like if it would have been sadie if it would have been marks it would have been the the other two pair doing the same thing trying to make things better for one another or you know pick their pick their like company back up so I don't know to me like I think that part where we go through the game and it's like we realize Sadie's playing that's what really really got me in the book I was like oh my god you know Mm -hmm. yeah definitely um what do you think happens next for Sadie and Sam do you think they'll create that video game and do you think they will ever be in a romantic relationship I think they end up creating the video game for sure. Like the way they hand it over, like I just can't imagine. And if I had to think of their future, I'd be like, they're still making games together. I don't know about a romantic relationship just because I feel like they'd be better off keeping it platonic at this point. And just like having a more healthy, maybe romantic at some point, but a a healthier friendship and like redefining what that is for them. But I think they make another Ichigo. Yeah, with that company. Yeah. And me too. And I think that um yeah, I don't think that they ever be in a romantic relationship, but I think that Sam develops a relationship with Sam Sadie and Marx's child. Like because yes. sure. I see them like went through the loss of a parent. Like, I don't know. I could see them connecting in a way that Sadie wouldn't be able to and being a relatively like positive male role model not that kids necessarily need that but Mm -hmm. it's also like helpful in society to have different perspectives like for children yeah Yeah. yep yeah like for me i picture them just always being near each other like when the book ended i was kind of like i see sam moving back to boston simply to just it's like found family you know where it's like they're stuck with each other forever where that's where I also see I'm like I know he would have a relationship with like Marx's like Sadie's child like it just seems almost inevitable and I think that's what makes the ending feel a little bit more complete for me because if I'm being honest when I like finished the book I was like a little bit unsatisfied but I feel like it's a book that you have to sit with and then you're like it, it I get it or at least for me it was because I was like it feels like there's something missing here. And then the past few days, the more I thought about it, I was like, 
this was a fantastic story. Yeah. So. Yeah. This is a good one to sit with, I think, for a little bit. Yeah. At least, like, to sit with after I finish the audiobook and sort of be like, oh, what an experience that was. One. About the characters, whatever. Yeah. Once it got towards the end and I was looking at how many pages were left, I was like, they're not going to end up together because, like, they would have to write it in, like, a way that justified it enough that wasn't 20 pages. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I loved it. I loved the book. Any other overall thoughts, guys? No, I really liked it. Anything you want to talk about that we missed? I was just gonna say, I think this is one of the best, like, book club, book club books we've picked because it felt like one that, like, I needed to have a conversation about. That's what I mean. There are a few books where I'm like, Same. where we've read and I've been like, oh, it might be cool to have a conversation about this. But this one, I was like, I need to talk to people about it. Yeah. Same. Yeah, Same. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Do we want to hop into rating it, guys? I think this is going to be our highest rated book. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm giving it a 4.5 out of 5. I'm giving I, it a five out of five. A five out of five. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I'm with um Marty on this. I'm gonna give it a four point five. But on Goodreads, I rounded up to a five. You know what I mean? Me too. Yeah. It's a five rounded. on Goodreads. Uh huh. Swag. Marty, are you okay? <laughs> I have the average. I believe it would just be a 4.75 at that point, but maybe not. It's like 4.66, so four and two thirds. Oh, 4.83. Oh, mm. what math did you just do? Okay. I did 4.5. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. What math did you just do? Sorry, I was curious. I cannot. 4.6666667. Yeah, amen. Amen. Amen, sister. So, did you guys read any other books this one? Like in in last month in July or in August? Because I've read quite a few books already in August. And I read quite a few books in July. (laughs) I guess it would be July, you're right. Um, yeah. I don't know why I can't think of any of them. I mean, we also, like, you don't need to say everyone, but maybe one that, like, stood out to you. You want to shout it out to the six listeners of the pod. I read Love Theoretically last month, didn't I? How was it? (laughs) You did. You did. Yeah, I think my Goodreads review is just like, I feel sick to my fucking stomach. There was, oh, I love that book. Um, I and think I read mine. This week, lest we forget. How, what'd you think? I liked it a lot. It slayed. So good. Emily Henry Slay. I love that for you. I'm going to eat funny stories. Yep. Right up, though. Same. Same. Funny stories is going to be so good. 
I really uh, like the title, Funny Story. Yeah, yeah. I'm always saying that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are always saying that. Love. Okay. If that's all we have to say, Shannon, would you like to announce our next book? I would. This is I actually have a few oh. options I was thinking of. And so I'm going to give you guys um, like Ooh. a genre-esque choice. And then you'll decide. Okay. Okay. So would we like to read like an environmental thriller type book? Or some like short connected stories? Both are translated works of fiction. And then I also have like a classic short story collection if we wanted to go for that i'm down with anything this book club is helping me branch out my life um let's go with your second or third option okay mostly because i just don't remember what you said the first one okay i'll pick it for another option next the next book club this one is gonna be people from my oh oh you don't want to hear it William Shakespeare was born in England. You hate me. No, 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 I do, I do. I was just going to say, they all sounded good. So it's like, I trust. We're going to be reading People from My Neighborhood by Hiromi Kawakami for our next book club. Oh. Okay, okay. And then said People from My Neighborhood? Yeah. I think the most popular translation is one by Ted Goosen, or like Gosen, and so... If you can find that option, I don't know if, how long it's been out for it to have been like translated by multiple people. But you know how sometimes there can be different English translations that will change how you interpret. Definitely. Them? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay get excited. I'm excited. Together for it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I think that will quite help with our flow of the podcast. Some togetherness, some some giggling on my bed with a camera in front of yeah, us. Yeah, some synergy will come from that. Yeah. Beautiful. And we can have dates where we read the book together at the coffee shops. It's exciting. That's thrilling. Okay. Love you guys. Another one in the books. Another one in the books. Oh my gosh. That Beautiful. should be our book club title. Oh. Should be our book club book club title. Okay. Comment on the Instagram post Marty's gonna make if you think that should be our book club title. Yeah. Heard heard. Beautiful. Love you guys. Love you. How do we stop this recording? Oh.